Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you sign up using promo code DNVR, you place a $5 bet. When it wins, it's $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's with code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and joining me today is a man of the world, man of the nation. Good timing for the conversation about expansion in MLB. It's on its way. Various places across the U.S. and Canada and maybe Mexico and maybe Puerto Rico. So I had to have Christian Saez on the show. Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to be here, Patrick. Thanks for having me on. A lot to talk about, too. Yeah, we've got Rockies news to get to first. And before we get to the big pieces of news, which, of course, are all injury-related, uh, let's talk about the positive. Let's kind of like slowly work ourselves into this conversation because the news is is not good. It's bleak. We already have been kind of holding on by a, a thread, the yeah. positivity for this team this year. Uh, and we know that, of course, the future is where it's going to be. Mark already in the chat talking about the thing I'm, I'm trying to avoid talking about yeah. just a little bit. So let's talk about the game. They, they did lose yesterday, uh, which which is fine. One of their AAA pitchers gave up five runs in the ninth. They were, they were up 6-3, and mm-hmm. Josh Rogers just gave up a whole bunch. So... Not really a heartbreaker because it's spring training. Yeah, but yeah. It would have been nice to be four and one. That'd it it would have, I know. <laughs> and and you know, but my thing is like you, you got to get those things out of the way early. Yeah. You know, triple A or not, you, you got young guys out there on the mound getting some experience for the first time or or for you know relatively early in their career. Um, you know, I'm I'm not too worried about it. It's yeah. it's just a it's like a scheduled loss. You kind of think in yes. a way. A lot of spring trainings. I I would rather you learn through giving up five runs in the ninth inning in spring training and be able to make adjustments getting towards the regular season than anything else. So I'm okay with it. And the guys that are on the field at that point too, you know, only a handful of them will probably be with the Rockies next year. Probably almost all of them will be with the team uh, or rather will be with the team in in 2024. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but the news that you are happy about is Chris Bryant homering again, second time in three games. And in actuality, I sort of realized, Hey, wait, this is actually his first home run hit at home yeah. because last year uh, he didn't hit any in spring training uh, hit five during the season, but they were all on the road. So we're still waiting for the first one at Coors field, but he hit one at salt river fields. So his first home yeah. home run for Chris Bryant, he's grooving right now. He, he is. And, and here's my thing with Chris Bryant. I mean, the, the guy he's coming back from an injury. I, I was actually thinking about it like this. I was talking to a friend of mine and we were kind of making the comparison between Chris Bryant for the Rockies and Russell Wilson for the Broncos. There's a bit of a similarity in the sense that, Specifically, Russell Wilson got injured with Seattle before he came to the Broncos. He was kind of working through some of that, came back for a few games, and then ended up getting traded to the Broncos. 
it didn't really, it hasn't worked out so far. And so you have this thought in your mind of, is Russell Wilson, like, was he ever able to really come back from that injury? Sometimes as professional athletes, injuries will take you out. I mean, you might not be the same player that you were before that injury. So with Chris Bryant, he's 31 years old, if I remember correctly. He's getting towards the end part of his career. He's definitely past, I would say, the peak of his career. You always have this fear of like, all right, you're paying a lot of money for this guy. He's injured for the first year that he was playing for for, for the team. Is he going to be the same player that he that we expected him to be when he comes back. So seeing him get off to a hot hot start right now in spring training, hitting those two home runs so far, that's been amazing to see. Getting some of those firsts out of the way, you know, when you're coming back from injury, it's a confidence builder to try to just get out, get that first home run out of the way, stretch out an extra base hit, you know, slide into second and feel good about all of those. Those all build confidence as you're recovering from an injury. So huge, huge positive steps for Chris Bryant. I'm excited to see what he uh, brings to the table this year. And so a lot of people would hear your statements and say, hey, wait a minute, I thought we were I thought we were just taking the, all of this with a grain of salt and you're getting excited over Chris Bryant. Well, the key word that you said was confidence. Yes. Because right now it's like this unknown, what are we going to get coming back? How much will he be like the Chris Bryant on the Chicago Cubs? And this now gives you more confidence to go, Okay, I feel better about it. Still an unknown. It's yeah. still spring training. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who is he hitting these home runs against? Yep, yep. Right? Are they the same competition he's going to face in the NOS? Maybe not. But nevertheless, you go, I'm feeling better. I'm you're feeling you're seeing better. shades of vintage Chris Bryant, yeah. which is what you would want to see at this point in the season. You're right. Sample size is very small. But it compounds. It grows over time. So if you're starting off the first two weeks of spring training and you're doing well, that's going to build into the rest of the season. So for me, that's positive. I, yeah, obviously, there's a lot of season left. We haven't even gotten into the regular season, uh, but it's a good start. I'll take it. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Ryan Feltner also had a really good start for himself. Two innings pitched, didn't give up any hits, uh, walked one, didn't strike out a batter, but again, two innings, really good start for a guy that the Rockies are really going to uh, rely upon this year. Uh, and here are some of his comments uh, after his start yesterday at Salt River Fields. How'd you feel out there? Your stuff looked good. You were throwing harder than I feel like we're used to seeing you throw. Um, yeah, I felt good. I think I have more in the tank. I felt, um, you know, good in the strike zone, but I know I can be better. Um, off speed felt pretty good, so I'll, I'll take it for day one. It's not abnormal for me to have higher velo and shorter stints, but I think I'm going to give it credit to the mechanical work that I did in the off season and some of the ideas that I ran past Bud and Daryl and they ran ran past me. So. Um, I'm feeling really good and a little bit more effortless this year. I do feel free to attack, and I know I can, uh, you know, I'll get some more first pitch strikes in there. But as far as my stuff and first outing and seeing another team in the box, I felt really good about it. Feltner's performance on the mound, solid, maybe even better. The performance of his mustache. (laughs) He's a mustache guy. Uh, I think think that's going to play very well. That's impressive. That is, (laughs) when, when I see a pitcher who's got a solid bit of facial hair that is a a win for me confidence builder right there yeah that's it that's but we haven't had a, a rockies pitcher in a while like just have a mustache no no and you got charlie blackman not a pitcher but like you know he's got the big huge beard you've got chris bryant who's got the like perfectly trimmed beard it's good to throw in a, a just a sexy mustache every once in a while when you stand out like that from the pack to like look different it's kind of a level of confidence of like, yeah, no, I want to be noticed. Yeah. And usually that works and, and your play gets noticed. I can't think of, I'm sure there's a list out there. Maybe we have to make one up of like guys who had a unique look and you're like, 
they were awful. Yeah, yeah, they right. stunk so right. bad. Yeah. Like, again, there are probably those guys or moments in which, well, he kept that look and he was no longer good, but he had it for a while when he was talented. So I, that suggests Ryan Feltner is going to have a big year based on that mustache. I, I remember in high school, <laughs> we, you know, we were playing in high school and the team wanted to do some team bonding and we all wanted to like, um, I think it was, you know, dye our hair a certain color, similar to like Team Puerto Rico dyeing their hair white. Mm. You know, we just saw that they they announced they were going to dye their hair white for Team Puerto Rico. Yep. We were doing something like that. And I remember our, my coach pulling us all aside and said, hey, you know what, guys, like you do what you need to do. I, I support you. I'm your coach. But I just want you to know if you're going to like dye your hair, let's just say white and you start losing, it's going to be really embarrassing. And we were like, all right, all right, that makes sense. And we, we ended up doing well, but it, you know, it was this thought of like, oh, he's right. You know, like if we suck and we are just a bunch of like fluffy white haired dudes, that's, that's not a good look. I, I just, I can't think of anyone who ha- stood out with their look and was just trash. Like well, it just doesn't I think, happen. I think you just get pushed aside if you're not, you know, I mean, it's like, I don't think you would do that unless, I mean, you think another Russell Wilson comparison, you know, you think of all the social media stuff that happens with him in the background and right. how that works people up. And I, the, the most common commentary I've heard so far is just like, hey, man, if you're winning, we don't care. You do as much of that as you want. But the right. minute you start losing, that stuff becomes a distraction, becomes embarrassing. You know, and so I'm like, yeah, if you're going to you're going to be doing great, grow the mustache, throw it on there, man. I, I like it. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. That, that's great. Uh, Daniel Bard lost his command a little bit in his outing yesterday. Alan Trejo gets a stolen base. He's a guy that could be a, a positive replacement for Brendan Rodgers at second base this year. We'll get to that in a second. Brenton Doyle stole a base, his second of the spring. But Zach Veen, two stolen bases yesterday yeah. for this spring, tied for most in all of MLB. Again, we're just talking spring training. We're talking five games. But Zach Veen leading the league in any category like that, man, that is really exciting to yeah. think about what he's going to do with the team going forward. Well, and I really like how he was breaking it down when you guys were asking him, you know, a little bit about his background on stealing. And he right. was talking about, he, was, he wasn't crediting it to just his sheer speed. He was saying, hey, you know, I, I focus more on the technical side of things, the jumps, the, the explosion. And he even said, you know, I, I, I train every day on my explosive ability. And that's something that I think a lot of people in baseball take for granted. You see it a lot in football. You even see it in basketball, um, hockey especially. But in baseball, you know, you, you just don't see that as much. So I really appreciate him being able to say, hey, you know what? That's a specific part of my game that I take a lot of, a, a lot of respect in. And, and I want to make sure that I'm doing that right. And it's paying off. Yeah, because he, he's not a burner. He, fast guy, but not a burner where you could have looked at him and thought that when he was drafted, there was way more hype on him hitting 30 home runs than stealing 30 bases. Yeah. It was just like this pleasant surprise, but he's he's worked out his craft to do it. So uh, that's almost more positive to think that yeah. he's stealing bases rather than he's just fast. And so he's, he's just going to be gifted them in a sense. It's, it's hard, it. too. I mean, getting a good jump is is one of the hardest things. Pitchers, I, I know from experience as a pitcher, like, you know, you you do everything you can. Good pitchers do everything they can to switch up their timing. They, they change their motion. I mean, Johnny Cueto is a perfect example of a guy who just is like, you can never tell how, what his delivery to the mound is going to be. So it's hard to really get a good jump and you've got to do a lot of studying, a lot of film work. But when you can stretch, you know, a, a, a simple single into being on second base with one out, that's that's huge. That's huge. And, and for the Rockies, I mean, you're playing, you're playing money ball at that point. So And at Coors Field, Singles become doubles. Bean's going to have his share of those for the balls that just kind of drop in. Yeah. Busted out of the boxes as a left-handed hitter. He's, he's that much closer to first base. So he's going to have those bloop singles that become doubles, steals third base. And you're like, 
That was basically a bloop triple. Yeah. Talk about a guy being born on third base. Yeah. That's Zach Veen with his speed uh, and hitability approach. Uh, Noah Davis on the hill today against Lance Lynn at Salt River Fields uh, and the uh, Chicago White Sox against the Rockies. But the news this morning, not positive. Uh, Thomas Harding of MLB reporting on the fact that Lucas Gilbreth, despite the fact he's had some PRP injections, uh, it's just not taken well on his left elbow. So Tommy John surgery is likely and uh, if that happens, he's done for the year. Brent Suter was a guy that was brought in, uh, claimed off waivers by the by the Brewers. He's he's going to be integral. We were hoping to have two, maybe three left-handed relievers in the yeah. same bullpen for Buddy. Right now, we're back down to one. But Logan Allen has converted uh, to become a left-handed reliever, so get used to uh, to that name. And maybe uh, potentially 37-year-old Fernando Abad could make this roster uh, as a left-handed arm. We'll wait and see what happens with Ryan Rawlison, of course, uh, as he's about a month behind schedule. He's originally a starting pitcher, but he could go to the bullpen. Ty Block is another guy that's kind of more of a long reliever. So there is depth right now that makes you go, well, Lucas Gilbreth is the best of the bunch of the names yeah. that, I've, that I've said so far, but you feel a little bit better that, okay, we'll, we'll be all right. It won't be catastrophic. Yeah, this is where you're at right now in spring training. You know, you're, you're, in a play, you're in a point, especially for the Rockies, who don't have those huge superstars in their bullpen that you can right. just kind of rely on for your depth. You're, you're trying to play chess right now. You're trying to move pieces around. This is what spring training is all about. And I was actually going to kind of make a side point when we were talking about Chris Bryant and how he's had some success early on and how I love that as a confidence builder um, for hitters and, and position players. For pitchers, I actually, I mean, I, I never root against confidence builders, but I'm almost of the mindset of like, I kind of want to see a guy struggle a little bit. I want them to learn from their mistakes because pitching is such a finesse position. I want you to be able to work through that in spring training so that you can make adjustments as you get ready for the regular season. You know, these guys haven't thrown in this capacity in, in a few months for, uh, mm -hmm. at this point. So you're you're just starting up again. You're getting the the engines up and running. I want you to make mistakes. I'm okay with five run ninth innings because I guarantee you he's the one kicking himself the most on that. He's going to get with pitching coach and figure out what he needs to do better to get better in the next game and get ready for the regular season. I'm okay with this being just a little bit of a trial period for pitchers. Get some work under them, make some mistakes, and put those pieces into place for Bud Black as the season gets going. Yeah, a lot of good, lot of good options. Uh, not as good as the Gold Glove Award winning second baseman Brendan Rodgers, who... Unfortunately, the news is much worse than expected. He did get an MRI uh, after leaving the game in the first inning on Tuesday, making a diving play, not his throwing arm or his throwing shoulder, uh, but his, uh, his, his defending one. And uh, we'll, we'll kick right to it. I mean, here's Bud Black, unfortunately, breaking down the, uh, the sad news of, of what will likely be for Brendan Rodgers this season. Uh, to put it bluntly, not what we had hoped for. A little bit more damage than we thought. We were hoping for the best on this one. We didn't get that news. Multiple doctors read the imaging. We're gonna have one more doctor look at it, but there's a scenario where he's potentially headed towards surgery. And that will be a time frame where uh, it cuts into a lot of the season. You know, we, we've talked about his place now on this team and where he is in his career with experience, you know, I'm, I was going to quit referring to him as a young player. I mean, this is uh, this is now his time. So, you know, this you know this setback is a tough one because I do really think that he was ready for a big year. I think he was, you know, he's in great shape. He was in a good frame of mind mentally, confidence. 
you know, everything was, was pointed in the right direction for success. And now this is a, this is a setback. You have a lot of options for second base. Where do you guys go from here? Well, you know, we do have some options for sure. I mean, internally, and again, I don't want to count anything out, but I mean, the guys that we have in camp, you're going to see a lot of these players play and we'll figure it out. You know, certain things happen that, that tell you the direction to go. Uh, I'm sure Billy will look outside. We might stay inside. I mean, we got some uh, potential of player movement within our group, uh, position changes. So we'll, uh, and we'll talk about all of Yeah, the options for the Rockies right now at second base, if Rogers is indeed gone for the entirety of the season or, or most of it, are pretty good. Uh, you heard Susie there asking the, the, the question about what are the options. And, but he said, hey, you know, uh, Jim Bill Schmidt could kind of go, could go outside the organization, do something. Jose Glaze is still a free agent, so you could, oh, have, yeah, him, yeah. could have him come back uh, and wow. play some second base. Uh, I don't necessarily think that'll happen, partially because I, I like the options right now. Um, Cole Tucker came into that game. He did homer uh, once Rodgers came out. So he's a guy who can play second base. You want him to play a little bit of everywhere. That's where most of his value is. But he can he can hold down the fort at second base. Alan Trejo, uh, who should be the starting shortstop for Team Mexico mm-hmm. uh, this year, are the obvious ones. And then, a little outside of the box, but still sensible if you're looking at guys on the roster, we know Ryan McMahon can play gold glove caliber second base. You move him over to second, and you've got two really solid options in Ellie Harris Montero and Nolan Jones at third base. So... There was a roster crunch, I think, for like players on the bench. Uh, and now with the injuries to Grichuk and Rogers, kind of opened up some more playing time for those young guys, which is positive, mm-hmm. um, but but not when when you're losing out on a player of Rogers' caliber. Right yeah, now. not at the expense of that. Um, no. It is positive. I mean, you can look at the silver linings. You know, it's it's a good thing that these young guys are getting getting some good looks. And I also like that you, you know, when you get an opportunity like this, obviously you kind of have to take the silver linings because you've got nothing else that you can do about it this is an opportunity for them to kind of fight for a position. You know, uh, I think a lot of coaches will, will do that where they'll say, Hey, you know what? So-and-so the starters out. So I, you two, you, it's, it's between you two figure out who's going to, who's going to take that spot. You know, and I think that can, that can work to their advantage and you know, you'll, you'll start to see a true leader stepping up from that moment. So we'll see, but young guys getting looks is what spring training is about. So obviously it's a bummer that it's at the expense of an injury to a good player, but um, you know, we'll see how some of these young guys do. So mark your calendar. That's March 2nd, the first official Silver Linings podcast. Yeah, uh, there hey, you go. The Rockies, if you look at their lettering, has silver lining in it. So, I mean... They're setting us up for that. That's pretty much it. Ethan in the chat saying, you know, how can I already be disappointed this season? Still early for that. Still a lot of excitement uh, for this year. And again, it's going to be a lot about the future. And so uh, the door has been opened up, you know, for those young guys to 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 make some more waves this year. Unfortunately, you wouldn't like for it to be uh at the uh, at the hands of, of brendan rogers kind of being hurt like that our door is always open here on the corner of colfax new york at the dnvr bar i think it's three o'clock every day uh it's always rocking uh we always got the watch parties going on and uh, if you're a diehard we're talking 15 percent off your entire tab food drink you name it 20 percent off all the gear at dnvrlocker.com if we've got a uh a, a a party bus going on or a tailgate, you get 20% off that as well at dnvrlocker.com, April 29th. We got a bus going to the game against the Diamondbacks on a Saturday night. I am pumped. I was there last year wearing the Spokane Indians vintage jersey. (laughs) I'll be there again. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Everyone's already talking about it a little bit over in the Diehards Only Discord. Another place where you can meet other folks in the community because if you're not able to come down to the DNVR bar, uh, that is the surrogate over there on Discord, the Diehards Only Discord. And uh, of course, oh, this this is my time because it's that time of the year. 
for Shady Rays. The sun's coming out. We get over 300 days of sun a year in Colorado. So this isn't officially the Zach Veen model. Wow. But I feel like it's... Yeah, it's, it's worthy of that name. I, man, I dropped my sunglasses off on the on the corner over here. I wasn't prepared. I, I should have should have been more prepared. You got to be ready for these bad boys. Yeah. They got more subtle ones as well, especially you know for the blue light and all that. Uh, the, those blue blue lenses uh, are fantastic. But if you're really looking to go all out, obviously I'm I'm like Ryan Feltner with the mustache. If I'm wearing these glasses. I'm I'm putting a bullseye on my back. I'm oh, saying, yeah. hey, I'm a good podcaster. Yeah, yeah. I'm a good journalist. You better show up, man. Look at my glasses. You better show up. I better deliver. Uh, I mean, I got to deliver on this ad read, so I'm I'm going to. Uh, but it's easy because it's shady rays. I mean, just just look at it right here. Uh, what's on my face? It makes makes this ugly mug look. It hides the ugliness. I'll, Dude, I'll just it, say it, that. It's just it's bringing it all out, man. It, it looks is. amazing. No, but my favorite thing is, is they got to buy one, get one too. So uh, their shades are customizable. They even have snow goggles as well that are that are amazing. Um, my favorite part about Shady Rays, though, of course, uh, besides just the general protection, the style that they give you, is that every pair of their sunglasses is backed by a lost and broken replacement. Guaranteed on that. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they're going to go ahead and send you a brand new pair. Seriously, no questions asked. So wear your Shady Rays with confidence. If you've ever sat on them or, you know, they, they fall between your seats and as you're pulling them out, boom, you break the lens, whatever it may be. I can say that from personal experience. Um, or if you need to just have a getaway and, and the police are chasing you and you need to change up yeah. what you look like, boom, throw on a pair of Shady Rays. They're going to take care of you for that exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code DNVR or visit them in-store at the Park Meadows Mall for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. You know who'd look good wearing those? Charlie Blackman fishing. Ooh. That'd be a good, those are good fishing glasses. You they, know, you get you're little, right. You could see the fish in the water. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good. It's, it's great face coverage because... Yeah. You don't have to wear the eye black. Like, yeah. The light will hit my cheeks and go right into my eyes, and it blinds me if I don't get full coverage. So these things have uh, have definitely come in handy for That's me good. on many occasion. Good stuff. I don't know if I need to get the snow goggles, though. But yeah, right, That right. would be even better. It would. I'm, give I'm, you I'm, options. I will get a pair of those when it comes time for like winning the World Series or going to the postseason yes, for the being Rockies. in the locker room when they champagne shower you. I will, yeah, I will be ready for the champagne showers nice. with my Shady Raid goggles. Uh, you can be ready so that... You know, if your if your eyes have been damaged by champagne and they shouldn't have, <laughs> someone walks up to you on the street and just squirts some champagne in your eye and it damages it, you can call Bacchus and Shanker because they have got your back. They're helping those who've been seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. Best part about it, it's free until they win money in your case. It's free to even talk with them. No upfront fees whatsoever with Bacchus and Shanker. Um, look, it's free work until they win money for you. And they won over a billion dollars in their history, uh, all throughout the state of Colorado. They got neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. They got the strength and power to win because they've got 30 lawyers with them, hundred folks on staff. It's fantastic. And they can help you with all kinds of injuries in cases that simply weren't your fault. So we're talking car accidents, motorcycle, ride share, pedestrians, trucks. Uh, they can even help if you've been injured at work. Call them at 222-2222. So who's your favorite number two, Troy Tulowitzki or Jonathan Daza? Tulowitzki. Tulo's my guy. But barely, right? Yeah, just, just a little bit. <laughs> just, just all right, so it's all Tulo's. That's it's all you got to remember. Yeah, there you go. Two, 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 two to find out. If you have a case for free, Bacchus and Chanker, they win. Spring training or regular season or postseason, Bacchus and Chanker wins. Just nothing but winning. I, I like that. Um, we got Susie coming in here in just a moment, but uh, we're going to talk about expansion. Like, it's it's coming. It's on the way. Our 
are you up for this? Do you, do you want, do you think baseball should expand? Is this a bad thing? Is this a good thing or just, Hey, this is just a logical extension of, of pro sports in today's day and age. I, I look at it like this. Baseball is an expanding sport. People like to sit here and say baseball is dead. Baseball is dying. It's boring. If you look at it financially, baseball is the, has the second highest revenue behind the NFL, right? They, they, they make more money each year than the NBA does. And you think of how many, how many diehard fans there are in the NBA, just in Denver alone for the Nuggets. Baseball is, is a sport that is actively growing and expanding within itself. I am on board with them expanding into other cities. My thought process with this is there are cities out there that I think have the opportunity to have a good fan base for a, for a team and good good infrastructure for a team and that's kind of that's really all it comes down to for me. I know there's a lot of other factors that go into this that can be very dynamic in some ways, but for me, I think people want to be able to go out and watch baseball. I mean, we were talking about it before the show, talking about some of the smaller cities that you know just are diehards in that fandom of you know Spokane Indians in Spokane. You get you know a, a diehard fan base for the minor league team in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, and these are all smaller cities that people love going out and watching baseball. For, you know, they, whether they're diehard fans or just casual, I think at the higher level, if you've got a city that can handle that capacity, I think it's a good idea. I can remember as a kid trying to create a team of like 64 teams, yeah. something like yeah. that, or or like 40 teams and like just kind of creating all kinds of realignment. All right, you got to have a team in Honolulu, right? Logical, yeah. not yeah. thinking about anything. And yeah. like, we're getting to that stage. I mean, if you even think about... You know, I don't know what the number is, but how many different cities in in Canada and in the U.S. have uh, a major four sports team, mm -hmm. right? I mean, like San Antonio, you know, they only have the Spurs, but okay, they're they're on the board. Sacramento, they've got the Kings. Yeah, they're on the board, and you say, well, those are cities that theoretically could support, you know, a major league team. Again, it might be one of those those bottom dwelling type clubs, smaller ballpark, and we'll get to some of the proposed stadiums that. Uh, we've got uh, for for the teams uh, that that could be uh, or the cities uh, that could be expanded upon, but just smaller ballpark like that. I mean, that's fine. That's that you're gonna have continuous sellouts. It's gonna con continue to build the excitement, um, you know, for the season and for the team. And so that's that's fine. There's there's really only one place where you say, yeah, they might be able to get forty thousand every night for like five straight years. Yeah, something that Denver was immediately in '93. Yeah, but other than that, you know, it's gonna be less. But it's it's still going to be big league baseball in a city and still going to be supported. Look at the history of expansion, uh, the most recent expansion team in all of sports, not just baseball, mm -hmm. but all of sports. You look at the, the the Seattle Kraken, the new NHL team. Yeah. They they were last year was their first year in the NHL. <clears throat> you know they struggled last year, but the the amount of excitement in Seattle for just a new sports team doesn't matter what it is. Obviously, you know <laughs> Seattle wants the Sonics. That's just there's no no way around that. But the amount of excitement there built into that team. Brought it in last year. They were sellout games. Coming into this season, they're actually doing really well. Um, one of the top teams in the NHL. And they're selling out every game. My mom was trying to get tickets, actually, to go watch. And she was like $200 for, like, nosebleeds. Just one ticket. Wow. You know, so... And, and obviously, Seattle's a major city. A lot of diehard sports fans there. But the 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 excitement for fans around just sports in general is there. There is a market for people who want to go out and be a part of something as a community, as a fan. And for me, that's what the baseball expansion looks like. You know, you've got these cities out there that don't have the opportunity to to root for a professional baseball team, a place like Vegas, where I have a buddy from Vegas and he's, you know, he's a Rockies fan because 
they don't have a, a team in Vegas to root for. So he's been a Rockies fan because he's a Broncos fan as well. We know they're the local team. That's why Chris Bryant chose to be here. Yes. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and Portland, if you're in Portland, you're a Seattle Mariners fan. And, you know, so I think giving the opportunity to root for a team that is your team yeah. in a city like that, the market's there. I think it's a great opportunity. It just comes down to, is it feasible for these cities to be able to bring in all of the infrastructure, the right. players, the money, the politicians that have to get involved. There's so many factors that have to come into place. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 got to be a good fit. And for the NHL, they brought in Seattle. That was a good fit. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, we're going to bring in Susie Hunter because that's a great fit for us. <laughs> She's down there in Arizona covering the Colorado Rockies, as she does. And we'll start with the good news. Susie Hunter, uh, you saw the first Chris Bryant home run hit at home. Congratulations. More more home runs in our, his Arizona home than in his Colorado home, but it's it's still kind of trending upward, uh, which was fantastic. Um, do, you so there was there was a big appearance by somebody at the game yesterday, and so I know it, it's I don't want to reveal it. I should let you, but it was Fred Mil Reyes playing with the Kansas City Royals. You got to see him in person, up close and personal. What was that experience like for you? You know what? <laughs> He is not the same guy that he was when I saw him in an out of the park home run in Cleveland a couple of years ago. No, but the real big appearance. We saw Vanessa Hudgens at the park yesterday. We haven't seen her yet. She was walking around with Cole Tucker's dad, her fiance's dad. So it was really cool to see her at the park. She had on a pinstripe Rockies hat. And honestly, just a couple of minutes before I saw her, they were playing one of her songs between innings. So I, I think I think I'm not the only one who spotted her. So she's like the Sierra to, you know, when, when Russell Wilson got brought onto the Broncos and there were people who were more excited than Sierra. I think you were one of those people, Susie, who was more excited about Sierra than Russell Wilson. That is how you feel about Vanessa Hudgens with Cole Tucker. It is true. It is absolutely true. And I, yeah, I was more excited for Sierra and I stand by that opinion. I think that has aged well. It's a safe opinion. Excited about Cole Tucker too. I got the chance to say hi to him earlier today in the clubhouse, and he is such a nice guy. He is such a positive dude. I'm excited to get to know him, and maybe with all of the injuries that have been happening, maybe we'll see him in Colorado sooner rather than later. That's true. Which which makes what I'm about to say a lot more sensible. We had the over under last year on how many times Russell Wilson outside of opening day would he be at the ballpark? It was at one and a half. He was only there one time. Mm. I, I, everyone was hopeful they took the over. I did take the under, and I know that was kind of bah humbug, yeah. but you know what? I had it right. What's the what's the over-under? We're going to set the over-under on seeing Vanessa Hudgens because it's really just about will Cole Tucker be on the Rockies this year. I am going to set that over-under at a half. So just one time, will we see her at Coors Field this year? If Cole Tucker is playing with the Rockies, Vanessa Hudgens will be there a lot. She is very supportive. She shows up for her fiance. I am going to say definitely the over. I think you should up that over under, Patrick. So, I mean, that's what it's about. It's it's not even about her. It's about Cole Tucker being on the roster. So you're you're going to take that at some point this year. I like that. I, I do I do like that. The over. There we go. Smashing the over on that one. Excellent. Um, 
Bad news, obviously, uh, a couple pieces of bad news this morning. Uh, just go through a little bit the conversations and the buzz. Uh, it's 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 a dull buzz. It's a it's not a good kind of buzz, unfortunately, uh, right now uh, in the in the clubhouse a little bit, but really uh, just amongst you know the reporters and everything that are down there with the news about uh, Brennan Rogers as well as Lucas Gilbreth. Yeah, well, you know, it is just me and Thomas Harding down here right now, the absolute dream team. Um, yeah, definitely bad news. This is a huge bummer for the Rockies. Lucas Gilbreth, we just found out today that he is, his elbow is not better. And it's kind of shocking because he felt great all of winter, his whole off season. He said he saw no red flags. And then after throwing his second live BP the other day, that's when he started to feel a little discomfort, said something to the trainers. And it turns out he will probably need Tommy John. And he'd like to figure it out sooner rather than later because the timeline on that is the timeline on that. So he wants to get it out of the way as soon as possible. And in terms of Brendan Rodgers, we were hoping for better news. I think the initial examinations showed that he wouldn't have too much damage from popping that shoulder back into place. But it looks like it's a little worse than everyone expected. And he could be getting surgery. That's a possibility. And it could be season ending. Yeah, the Rockies have a lot of options, so I think that is a positive outtake if you just want to focus on that. Obviously, it's it's a really bad loss. It's it's a major, major bad loss uh, for the Rockies, who, you know, there's there's a couple reasons to think, hey, you know what, things could break well, and, and maybe they could be at 500. Again, uh, it's different coming from us to say that, you know, their best play is 500 rather than someone who is – is orchestrating and, and, and creating the team and the roster. Um, but even so, it, it, the vibe in the clubhouse from how they've kind of set things up and have, have tried to keep it positive. They, they kept it positive all last year during the season as well. Um, but but from what you've seen, I mean, are the guys still like, hey, we still I still have a job to do. I'm healthy. I'm playing. Uh, there are other opportunities now out there for guys. Are, are the vibes still pretty good in the clubhouse? are still pretty good and keep in mind there are so many other guys who can compete for that position we have so many infielders that we can move around so we this is now a time for okay we're sad for brendan rogers and the season he could have had but at the same time we all need to work hard and figure out where we're going to move all these pieces in the infield yeah Susie, we do have a good piece of news because um, K-Max is here, and I think she just wants to give a gift here on set oh for us. And Christian's wow. going to pop that on there. And so I guess you know we'll have to work out a bit and, uh, and make these hats the work. This is amazing. Oh, my gosh. Christian, that looks amazing. Susie, you're missing out. This is, this is like the best thing to come out of my entire day. <laughs> this is great. Well, Foco's hooking it up. I don't need a hat like that here today because it is pretty gray and it is very cold. That is amazing, though. This is fantastic news that we have this hat. Is that from Foco? That is. You know it. In, in, yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's got the palm trees on it. Uh, yeah. This is something you should definitely be wearing to the next yeah, game. Yeah, our, our friends at Foco hooked that up. I mean, besides making all the great bobbleheads, we got one on the set, too, here in front of Christian, a spring training one. They got the City Connects. Um, you got to get the back-to-back -back MVP bobblehead uh, for Nikola Jokic from Foco because, you know, then you got to get the whole set. When he has three in a row, that's the way to go with that. Uh, and it's really great because when you use code DNVR, and this, Susie, this is for you. I don't know if you know this, but when you use code DNVR at Foco to get one of those cool hats, you actually get 10% off. Isn't that great? I'm here for an average right now. We slipped into one on accident. Um, <laughs> 
but you know, we're, we're going with the flow. That's great. You know, I love the flow. I love the flow. I love FOCO. Um, I love 10% off. Let's go. Was, was anybody upset yesterday where there was five runs scored in the ninth and the Rockies lost? Or is it like, it's spring training, so no, but oh, that, that kind of sucked for, it sucks for like 30 seconds and you're like, ah, who cares? I mean, you know, we talked to Buddy immediately after these games on the field, and he seemed a little less happy than he normally does. So, really? You know, yeah, but I mean, it's it's fine. It's spring training. You know what they say about spring training games? They don't count. So, yeah. No, it's too beat up over it. But at the same time, yeah, not not fun because the Rockies had that game yesterday. Yeah. He wants to win the Commissioner's Cup. You know, if you have the best record in spring training, you win the Commissioner's Cup. No, I actually just made that up. But that should be a thing. Why not? If you're giving yeah. out a kind of awards for everything, have a Commissioner's Cup. Best record in spring training because it doesn't really There's matter. There's an award for everything, so why not? Susie, you get the award for awesomeness, uh, and I appreciate <laughs> that. So you should uh, come back. You'll have your acceptance speech officially on tomorrow's show. What do you say? Tomorrow's show is at 11 a.m.? You know it. Of course. You're not going to do a Susie show style thing leading I into back? When, when you raise the bar that high, I, I can't compete with that. So I, I've, I've got to do it at 11 a.m. And so we'll we'll be looking forward to talk with you then. Hopefully you have more good news this time. I will talk to you tomorrow, Patrick. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thanks so much, Susie. Susie. Appreciate that. So we're, we're just done wearing the FOCO? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for the wearing yeah, the FOCO. Yeah, that this is, is a... Uh, that's solid, man. That and is. it's got the interlocking CR, which is great. Yeah. And if you wanna, if you wanna do a little flip up, you can oh, probably flip it up geez. and go that style, and you could see the patterning underneath. It is, uh, it is really great. Again, use code uh, DNVR for ten percent off over at Foco, and uh, and you actually just get some free tickets from Breck Brew. They've got this really cool Ultimate Game Day giveaway. Uh, we're talking an Avs game on March 9th against the Kings. We're talking a Nuggets game against the Pelicans on March thirtieth. Uh, they will select a winner just before that. But what you're basically going to get, VIP tickets, Lexus Club access, some DNVR swag, and maybe the best thing of all for folks that are 30 years old or beyond that, free parking. Mm. Come on, nothing look better. at that. There was nothing better. Nothing better than free yeah. parking. That's good. Also, you sit in the nosebleeds as if it's free parking, right? You, literally. that's Sometimes you pay more for parking than you do for a game. We got to see if we can get your mom on the horn. She paid 200 for the nosebleed. Yeah. She might have paid 250 for parking oh, because it was in right Seattle? next to the stadium. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Or she, you know, or she had to park seven miles away. I mean, <laughs> either way, you're either walking for 30 minutes or... You know, you're you're paying two hundred dollars for parking. Free parking is is the way to go. Yeah, we're talking section one hundred two row five for the Avs game, uh, and courtside row two for Nuggets Pelicans. Mm. Like it's serious stuff. Courtside sure, fit. Yeah, it's great. Uh, head over to thednvr.com/slash Breck Sweeps, like sweepstakes. That's the only place that you can go to enter that. Thednvr.com/slash Breck sweeps for the ultimate game day giveaway must be 21 or older links in the show description. So don't even go to the site. Just click the link. Yeah. Just do that. Things uh, that thing. winners will be selected one week before each game. Hey, Patrick, I wanted to ask you this uh, real fast. By the way, I did see uh, this is a kind of a side note, but I did see this comment from Logan saying this is why you don't dive in spring training. We're talking about injuries and, and whatnot. <laughs> um, but it, it brings up a, a common question that I get that, that we get asked a lot, you know, in any sport we talk about you know, players having uh, a preseason games. You hear it a lot in football, especially um, preseason games. Should you be going all out in these preseason games to get yourself to a, a place where you want to be to go into the regular season? Or should you be 
kind of protecting your, your your star players to make sure they stay healthy because the regular season is more important. I think that Logan brings up a, a good point of like, hey, is is this something that you tell your guys, hey guys, we need you healthy this year. You need to like chill out a little bit and relax. Or is this something you want to see these guys out here like really kind of pushing it a little bit, taking risks to get back into game mode? Well, there's a fine line, I think, to that, right? Um, I don't think that that was an overly aggressive play for mm-hmm. Rodgers. If he's trying to, you know, pull back a home run and he's smashing into the wall mm-hmm. and just, uh, you know, playing with reckless uh, abandonment, I would say, yeah. But Brendan Rodgers is a, is a Gold Glove Award winner. He he shouldn't be waiting to dive for a ball necessarily in the regular season. Yeah. So you understand that you see him like diving, like, oh, how important was that? But again, you can you can kind of time things. We were talking about this yesterday with uh, Brendan Vote about Jim Edmonds almost just standing still for like three seconds while the right. ball's in the air yep. just so he can have a carefully you know, timed dive. And you're yep. like, you could have been camped underneath that. Mm-hmm. But it was an easy dive, soft fall. You know where to where to lay out. It the slows your momentum. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It slows your momentum. All those things. And you say like, you know, I can time it and make it look like it's more important than it is. Rodgers very well, you know, could was doing that, I think, on that play of just, all right, this is a light dive. I could just let it go by me without much effort and would have been fine. No one would have thought anything of it. But I got to get used to, you know, working to my right a little bit more, uh, especially if they were going to shift him a little bit more to the left because now you don't have that, you know, sh- shallow right fielder, right? You can't have three infielders on the right side. Yeah. So now his range is that much more important. He's going to work on going up the middle more if he's going to try to cut off that route and get closer to the first baseman. So uh, I imagine that's a lot of his thinking behind it. And so, yeah, that is a bummer. You're saying, ah, that was kind of an aggressive play. But if you were trying to leg out a, a triple in one of those games and you're hustling from second to third, I mean, you and you pull a hamstring, you could say that yeah, uh, about that play. Anytime, yeah. But it could happen at any time. So it's it's a fair question, but I, I think it's a fine line when, when you say, Hey man, you, you were trying to do too much on that play. I don't really know that Rogers was trying to do too much. And baseball is such an instinct sport. I mean, you know, I mean, anyone who plays baseball knows that you got a ball coming your way. You don't even think about it. You're just you're you're trying to make that play. It doesn't matter if you have to dive for it, if it's hit right to you. It does not matter. You're trying to make that play as a competitor. And these guys are no different. I think, you know, yeah, you don't want to be doing anything crazy. You don't want to be, you don't want to make sure you're overly communicating so you're not running into outfielders on a, you know, bloop, pop fly, that kind of stuff. But beyond that. You play it like it's a normal game, and you know, and you just get ready for the regular season. So the history of expansion in baseball is uh, is a long one. For a long time, there were sixteen teams. In fact, you had five cities that had multiple teams. St. Louis had two: Cardinals and Browns. They moved to Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philadelphia had the Phillies and A's. We moved to Kansas City, and then Oakland. Uh, Boston had the B's, which later moved to Milwaukee, and now where they're at today in Atlanta. Uh, and New York had three teams. They had two National League clubs in the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants. Yep. Um, and so you finally got uh, expansion in 1961, largely because there was going to be a third league uh, in addition to American and National League. The Continental League tried to get started. Teams uh, in, in uh, Denver, Seattle were trying to get their own league going. And uh, in order to shut them down, Major League Baseball said, look, well, We'll take care of you. We'll kind of expand. And all of those cities ended up getting expansion clubs over time, except Buffalo. Buffalo was the Mm. only one from that original Continental League that kind of uh, got shafted. But in 1961, we get our first expansion. And uh, the value, the cost to to expand to get one of those teams, uh, $2.1 million. Wow. That's it. We We could bring that together just everyone in this room collectively. We might have to borrow a couple. Yeah. Put some on our credit card, but Just we could bit. probably afford that. Marissa can take it all herself. She'll, yeah. she'll get it. Uh, we had uh, four teams in two years, two teams in 61, two teams in 62, four teams in 1969. 
1977 is when we get Seattle and mm-hmm. Toronto. And then finally in 92 uh, is when, uh, you know, the Rockies kind of get going. Their season starts in 93. That was $95 million. Yeah. Again. Just for the fee. Wow. Like that seems not a ton of money uh, in today's day and age. Um, and then in 98, Arizona and Tampa Bay, $130 million for those two teams. And that's the last time baseball has had expansion. All the other four major uh, sports have expanded. Mm-hmm. Baseball has not. I think some of that has to do with baseball kind of being ahead of the trend yeah. rather than the other sports finally catching up and going, oh, yeah, I guess we could have a team in Seattle. And investing Baseball's in the teams that you have, you know, and that's, I think, been the focus for the last couple decades has been just, you know, focusing or, or, or a decade at least focusing on the teams that, you know, you've got out here investing in them, making sure those programs are good. You've got teams that are struggling right now. Oakland A's, one of them, Tampa Bay, another one that are struggling to put fans in the stands, struggling to, to bring in in revenue. Um, and Major League Baseball has acknowledged that that's a problem. The teams have acknowledged that that's a problem. Sort that the out. fans have acknowledged that's a problem. Got to sort that out. That, to me, is priority number one. I know the expansion's coming, so it's not like we can set that aside while we focus on the teams that are struggling. But, you know, if you've got a business and a couple departments in your business are completely failing, before you start building on your company, you've got to take care of what's already in, in right. your business that's struggling. So that's how I look at it with these expansions. But it's coming. It, it's on its way, for sure. What's interesting is in 2001, there was a similar situation with Minnesota not drawing and Montreal. And there was actually some talk of contraction. Yeah, yeah. Of going yeah. down to 28 teams. Which would be insane, yeah. And so here we've got two more teams that are that are an issue, but um, they, they certainly have to get uh, sorted out. Um I think it was 2017, 2018 was really when the commissioner started talking about, all right, there's a couple couple cities mm-hmm. that are on the radar for expansion. Uh, Manfred in 2018 said Nashville, Charlotte, Las Vegas, Montreal, Portland, Vancouver, Vancouver as those potential options. That hasn't really changed. Some some of those cities have done more work than others, um, but floated elsewhere as as ideas. You know, Mexico City or Monterey in Mexico mm-hmm. uh, as potential places. San Juan, Puerto Rico, if you look at the size of that market uh, and the passion of, of those fans there, uh, they could possibly support a team. Brooklyn, so you'd have three in that New York area. Brooklyn maybe, would be. Maybe northern New Jersey, yeah. too. I don't know about that, but Brooklyn would be uh, obviously very interesting, to say the least. It would be. It, very historic, it would feel like. I mean, anytime right. I hear Bring Brooklyn as a as a baseball reference, you know, you, you think of the Brooklyn Dodgers back in the day and, you know, some of the old historic players. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think Brooklyn would be fun. I don't know if... I don't know if I like squeezing a bunch of teams into one specific spot. I feel like California is that way with every sport. You've got like five California teams, you know, in the North and the South. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a hard time with squeezing other teams into markets that already technically have, uh, you know, that sport presence. But I think it'd be fun to see that in Brooklyn. That would be an interesting one. And I think one of the objects for this uh, expansion is to try to grow the game Maybe internationally, mm-hmm. but but at least again geographically. So that's why if you if you were to expand in Nashville and in Charlotte, they're in the same general region. Yeah. I mean, they're they're separated by you know a couple hundred miles, but still, um, you have an opportunity to kind of spread things out rather than to your point, you know, cluster it. So with the World Baseball Classic, that's why you say, well, you know what, maybe we would make less money in Vancouver, but that's going to promote baseball in British Columbia a little bit more and in Canada or 
conversely, down in down in Mexico with the team in Mexico City and Monterey. So it's sort of about what's the goal? You're going to get you know two point two billion dollars is that number for an expansion minimum? Yes, big yeah, change, yeah. Since, yeah. and and then probably two billion just to build the stadium mm-hmm. on top of that. Yeah. So that's all. That's a big investment, but it's really going to be about what MLB what their goal is. If it's just have a viable city that they're not going to have to worry about. They're worrying about Tampa Bay, obviously. Slightly worried about Arizona. They've got a better stadium situation, but still. Um, or is it about, well, you know what? We might even take a little bit of a loss if it's going to be better for the overall growth of the game internationally. Yeah, you think of it as an investment almost, you know, and you're not obviously expecting to be making tons of money right out of the gate. Maybe right. you are. I, I I don't know. I'm not in those meetings. But um, for me, I look at it as an, as an investment. It, it, let's just use Portland as an example because that's a pretty good market. Very Love good. sports. Uh, you know, you'd have rivalries with Seattle. You'd be able to kind of work through that on the West Coast. That is an opportunity. Now, are you going to be making a lot of money off Portland right out of the gate? No, it's going to probably take some time. The other thing you got to think about too is, you know, okay, you, you talk about that $2 billion to, to expand the team, $2 billion to build a stadium. But nowadays in baseball, we see it with, with the Rockies, especially, you know, you build around the stadium, you create this little city that's within right. within that within that stadium um, where you've got restaurants all around it you you've got this experience um, one of the things I actually really struggle with with going to you know Seattle Mariners games is there's not it's it's in kind of a rough part of town there's not a lot that you can do whereas the Rockies you've got so many opportunities to go do very rocky focused experiences outside of the stadium you can go to kind of that cor- those courtyards those it wasn't those always that way but it you, was it dangerous takes time. originally in course yeah. you're right it yeah. definitely takes time to get get what, what you're talking about. And I, th- I think that's how these cities are looking at it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this is an investment in building up this area. So it's not just about the team. It's about, you know, a, a broader sense of what it does for that that city and community, right? Yeah, and you're looking at market value too. And so you're saying, okay, a, a city like Portland or a city like Vegas ha- has the capacity from a market to be able to hold what you're going to need to do to make this a successful franchise. Uh, you know, you need to be able to have the infrastructure abilities, capabilities, the investors, the politicians that need to be able to to back this thing up while it's all still not set in stone. That's the, the risk that you're taking with these kind of expansion teams is none of this is guaranteed. So you need people coming in acknowledging that they are willing to be investors, politicians saying we support this, we want to get local funding, all of these different pieces, and all of them have to come into line at the same time to be able to say, okay, we've checked all the boxes, now we can start moving forward with this. Um, That's where I feel like I know it's going to happen, I just think there's, there's a lot of steps that go into this before it can become official. But it is good to get the ball rolling, get the conversation starting, and start to see kind of what the front runners might be when it comes to what cities could potentially hold a baseball team. We'll talk some more about that tomorrow and, and realignment because there are some cities that are already doing the work. There's three out yeah. there, and one of them isn't even Las Vegas, but there's three yeah. that started to do that work to get ahead of it. The other ones are, are a little quiet right now, so uh, they're going to be further back in, in, in the odds of, of getting one of these MLB expansion club. So uh, if you want to talk more about that, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies at Patrick D. Lyons is where I'm at on Twitter at CJJ Saez for me. This has been wonderful, Christian. Appreciate it. But as a baseball guy, you should know momentum uh, is, is great right now to have that. But you know what they say about momentum when it comes to podcasting? What's that? It's only as good as your next show. True. So we will talk to you tomorrow at 11 a.m. on the DNVR Sports Channel on YouTube.